In 2019, the Art Academy of Cincinnati celebrated 150 years of teaching generations of talented people from around the region the finer points of artistry. Studio drawing, sculpture, dance, and design have been taught by the school since its origins in Eden Park. Today we celebrate the Art Academy by the best way we know how, telling ghost stories. and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I am your host Kat Cloco and along with me on this spooky journey through the strange and unusual world we live in are Jen Kohler and Christina Wald. They'll be with us in just a second. Ah, you can stay up to date with us and our show by following us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram and join our Facebook group Hometown Haunts. Of course, we're dying to hear about your personal encounters with the paranormal and fringe history from your neck of the woods. So please send it to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com or join and share it on our Facebook group, Hometown Haunts. You can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and you can watch the show feed on YouTube by finding us by searching Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please take a moment to rate and review us on all these platforms so other spooky history lovers just like yourself can find the show link in show notes and we've been playing with the video so now we have the nifty sedamsville rectory thanks to christina going on at the same time as our little informational ticker on the show so yay check us out on youtube if you haven't seen us you get to see my messy messy room and christina's not so messy and jen with a cat so yay we've got some advocacy alerts so we don't have too much with going with show news right now but we do have two important things we wanted to highlight for on this week's episode so the first one is to protect trans youth stop house bill 68 here in ohio known as the saving adolescents from experimentation or the safe act the bill is the newest iteration of a legislative attempt to restrict gender-affirming care offered in Ohio. If you are in Ohio and believe that gender-affirming care is important, please contact your representatives in Ohio to vote no on this thing. The ACLU has a contact form in place for you to use should you be so angry you don't know what to say but you want to express that you're mad. They have a form for that. We at Hometown Haunts and the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosity support our LGBTQIA friends and family and know you always have a place with us that's safe. So we have a link in the show notes for the ACLU form to take action against this extremely atrocious, stupid bill that they keep trying to put on the stupid house floor. So, okay. Show my colors a little bit there. So the other bit of advocacy is for the Hoffman School in Eviston, which is a neighborhood here in Cincinnati. It is threatened with demolition. A developer wants to raise the historic school and build a 155-unit apartment complex in its space, eliminating not only the history of the school, but also the valuable urban green space that surrounds it. The developer does not want to reuse the school building to make into apartments, although this has been successfully done more than a dozen times around the city. Quoting one of the, sorry, quoting the 
Cincinnati Preservation Society. Uh, where did my link just go? The building has been a central nexus for the larger community for over 100 years. In fact, it's 101 years old. This is the school where the neighborhood children went to Cincinnati Public School until it closed in 2012. Since then, it has continued to operate its various community capacities, most recently as a nonprofit school and church. The Evanston community is a diverse neighborhood with a rich history, especially associated with the Black experience. Hoffman School's population over its life has reflected the demographics of the community. The demolition of the school will erase site associated with the history of Cincinnati's Black community. So what we can do is write letters to support the building and to keep the developer from raising it. And we have a link to the CincinnatiPreservation.org with all the different contacts, who you need to contact and by when. We are trying to make the Hoffman School basically a historic landmark. It has gone up for special recognition several times in recent memory. And for some reason, it keeps not getting the special recognition. So we're trying to make it a historic landmark here in Cincinnati and then hopefully preserve it. It is beautiful. It was built by the same company, Hannaford and Sons, that did the Cincinnati Music Hall and the observatory. So just architecturally, not even looking at the community, but we do want to look at that community. It has a lot of importance. It, it just, it boils me to see this happen. It's a beautiful landmark. We've lost so much on the east side already, just like we've lost so much on the west side in the central areas. And we're trying to keep this. People are being much louder about it now that uh, this guy just wants to just bulldoze it and put 155 units next in, instead and they're going to be ugly and look like boxes like the monstrosity that's being built near my house so sources for tonight's show yay there were a lot so the about section of the art academy of cincinnati's website art academy <laughs> art academy of cincinnati 150 make art make difference this wonderful book by our, oops written by jeff sees there we go yeah uh let's see uh where am i cincinnati city beat taft art museum cincinnati magazine cincinnati biz courier and photos from the mary r schiff library and archive and the cincinnati inquirer so in june 2019 the art academy of cincinnati hosted a huge block party to celebrate its 150th birthday on jackson street and over the rhine it was a massive art show meets block party that highlighted the future of the art in the Queen City with 30 micro exhibits along the street. We spent the first six months of this year celebrating our past, says Amanda Parker Woolley, the Academy's Director of Marketing and Enrollment, in an interview with City Beat. Now we're looking towards the future. I don't know why I gave her that voice, but I did. Throughout the year, the Art Academy and other creative partners around the city, such as the Taft Art Museum, Contemporary Art Center, and Wavepool. Let's see. But we're going to talk about the early days. In the early 1800s, Cincinnati was a growing city with a growing art scene as well. <laughs> 
influencing sculptor Hiram Powers and the wildlife painter John James Audubon, the namesake of the Audubon Society. Sculptor Frank Eckstein tried to create a Cincinnati Academy of Fine Arts in 1828, but their fundraising art show only attracted 150 visitors in the six weeks it was held, and in the end, they didn't raise enough to pay for the doorman or the candles used to light the exhibit. (laughs) Poor Frank. It was ultimately the city's society women who started the process of creating an art academy in 1854. Sarah Worthington King Parker organized a group of 18 ladies that included the wives of many of the area's biggest businessmen, such as Nicholas Longworth, Reuben Springer, and John Kilgore. These ladies formed the Ladies Academy of Fine Arts, or the LAFA, to aid in the cultivation of public taste, in addition to adding to the intellectual enjoyment of the arts. Peters went to Europe to acquire plaster casts and copies of many of Europe's greatest sculptures and art pieces, and since since those resources simply had not made it to Cincinnati yet, and most students could not afford to travel. Of course, the economic challenges brought on by the Civil War ultimately forced the group to disband in 1864, because it was a tough time for everyone. Talking about the Civil War... Charles McMicken, a wealthy merchant and slave owner, upon his death in 1858, willed $1 million and his property to the city of Cincinnati with the express purpose to establish two colleges for, and I quote, white boys and girls. Yeah. His family contested the will because they didn't want $1 million leaving the family. And after a lengthy litigation, the courts found in favor of Cincinnati. The McMicken School of Design was established in 1869 and ignoring McMicken's request in one instant. The academy admitted people of color into its student body since the very beginning. In the academy's early years, it was a department at the University of Cincinnati up until 1887. After that, it became the teaching school for the Cincinnati Museum of Art and was located next to the Art Museum in Eden Park. Their early histories intertwine quite a bit since the same administration ran both institutions as they sat side by side in large brick buildings in Eden Park. Frank Duvenek, Elizabeth Nose, Charlie and Eddie Harper, and Tom Whistleman are just a few of the widely recognized artists associated with the Academy. And going back to Jeff's book, it has a great description of every single artist who has made notable work and impact described in the book which is a great resource but there are so many this this particular podcast would be six hours long just talking about all the different artists so we're just going to highlight that particular group frank duvenek was an instructor at the academy and in 1905 was made the chairman of the of faculty there he was an incredible american artist known for his vigorous brushwork and dark-toned realism for both figure and landscape paintings and was cited as the greatest talent of the brush of his generation his works are an anchor of the museum art museum cincinnati wing and duvenek was a popular instructor of oil painting at the academy continuing his popular popularity and bohemian style among his peers since the early days as an instructor for other institutions in the 1870s here in Cincinnati. He led the academy until his death in 1919. 
Commercial art rose in the 1930s, spurred on by many local big companies using graphic design for attractive advertising, such as Little Soap Company known as Procter & Gamble, the Brookwood Pottery, Gibson Greetings, and Strowbridge Lithography. There we go. The Academy focused more on practical arts of design, bringing the Academy full circle in its mission. More design courses, graphic design, illustration, photography, photography, fashion design, and scenery design for television were new courses introduced to the curriculum. These were the years of Charlie and Edith, or Eddie Harper, who met while they sat next to each other in a life, life drawing class at the Academy in 1940. They married several years later and in, 19, in 1947. Both Charlie and Eddie were greatly influenced by their instructor's abstract art and became fantastic modern pop artists themselves. Charlie was an instructor for the Academy from 1950 to 1978, while Eddie continued her photography and silkscreen printing. Charlie Harper became known for his minimal abstract nature illustrations, stripping the subjects down to their simplest possible visual terms without losing their visual identity. In 1998, the Academy legally separated from the Art Museum and became an independent college of art and design. In 2005, they relocated to 1212 Jackson Street in OTR, formerly known as the Pembroke Building. In reality, the new Art Academy building is actually two former factory buildings in OTR, joined together by a soaring atrium and crisscross series of stairs. It is It is a very industrial and urban design, a stark contrast to the warm wood tones and the stone steps of the old building sitting on the hilltop at Eden Park. But before the Academy moved, the Pembroke building was home to Cincinnati's first microbrewery, Barrel House Brewery. Opened in 1995, it was a haven for beer and music lovers in the region. In 2005, the name and equipment were purchased by Hat Trick Incorporated and moved to Heritage Brewing Company on Liberty Street in the West End. This move wasn't without controversy, however, when the Art Academy purchased the old buildings, Barrel House Brewery had already a tenant, had been a tenant for a decade and on the first floor of the Pembroke building and had a lease there until 2013. The brewery and Art Academy went to court about the lease, ultimately deciding to coexist in the building together. However, while the Academy was renovating the buildings, Barrel House was put up for sale and purchased and then moved out very swiftly. In 2010, Barrel House Brewing Company closed in the West End due to competition with the Cincinnati beer market. And that is the last I heard of them. So I don't know what happened. If anyone knows, please tell me. The Art Academy moving to Jackson Street marked the rebuilding and rebranding of the Over the Rhine neighborhood in the early aughts. Although faculty was first nervous about the safety of the location, the move prompted a neighborhood renaissance with the entire area having flourished with a new creative life. Just a block away from them is the headquarters for ArtsWave, plus over OTR is the focus for many other creative endeavors, such as the Blink Festival and the New Theater. Of course, with the long history of the Art Academy has built over the years, there are naturally a few ghosts. Is there much lore about who started the Art Academy beyond the, the ladies and it being part of the... So it, it's it kind of goes back to the bohemian lifestyle of... With Duvenek, he was, and and then also um, the artist that did all of Lucario Hearn's illustrations for their mm. um, glass spy glasses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. newsletter. Giggling. Yeah, there was a core of men who were very bohemian together. Uh, 
Duvenek was really well known because he was mostly raised in Germany. He had a very, and went to school and taught there. He has a very, and at the time, Germany was the center of arts before mm-hmm. 1900. He had a very bohemian look about him. So when he came back to Cincinnati, he was instantly popular with all the alternative kids. All the hipsters <laughs> wanted to be him. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of, that group existed. But the people that had money who put well, together yes. the school were the society ladies who needed a hobby. And <laughs> they they liked art. They wanted to do more art. They wanted to have their kids do art. And so they managed to get, I guess, their husbands to pay for their hobby, eventually turning it into the fine arts school. I'm reading a lot into that. Well, famously, Duvenek was one of the few painters that would teach female students. Yeah. And uh, it's it's fun looking through all the old photos of seeing all the female students there. They were there Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, just like people of color were there from the very beginning. No one was turned away from the art academy. If you wanted to know art by George, you could go in and learn it. If, but I, I believe, I thought Greg Hand had said that a bunch of the people that started the Art Academy were theosophists as well. Yeah, it, it's, I, be, I think we also talked about it during the Lefkardio Hearn episode. Okay, and, okay. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, I will just say in the actual resources that I looked up the history, that doesn't get mentioned at all. Mm-hmm. So well, that yeah, is, like what I said, it might be an off the record kind of. Yeah, it's a fringe history moment. Yeah, I mean that's that's something more in Greg Hand's yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, this sort of between the lines. Because one thing we found doing this show is there's of course official history, and people aren't always necessarily wanting their narrative to contain anything unusual. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong, Christina. It, it's there was that theosophist side of. Uh, the art academy but we're kind of looking at it from two from it being created from two different angles we had the instructors and people who were actual artists who were making art and living off of that and then the people who were super interested in art and wanted to um (laughs) support those artists so they created the art academy well, most of these institutions don't exist without injections of cash from yeah. wealthy families. That's yeah. always been the case and probably is is a very there's a very robust history of all institutions having endowments from rich families and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you see their names everywhere yeah. you go. And Cincinnati, there's a couple really big And I do want to say this is a very <laughs> abbreviated history of the Art Academy. Because, like I said, we just don't have six hours to go through everything. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of contention with um, the McMicken endowment. And um, basically, going back a little bit to... Because I know I, I ran through that history. Um, so, so McMicken did the initial $1 million endowment for the, the colleges. Mm-hmm. And the in Cincinnati basically went, well, we're going to have it for everyone, not just select few. But other than that, thanks for the money. Mm-hmm. And the McMicken family did uh, try to get that money back because they didn't want it being used by the city. And they wanted their property back. Mm-hmm. But the city won out. So that was a really big dispute back in 1958. 
and or 1858 and um it actually caused the college to be delayed in building up until 1869 oh interesting yeah so that's why you have that huge time difference of um over a decade because that's how long they were in court and trying to appeal all this stuff so Mm -hmm. uh, after that um right before the civil war when you have the ladies group um they where was she um sarah worthington king peter was the woman in 1854 to make that group of ladies the society ladies her son actually was the one who managed to work with the longworth family to actually build the rest of the academy so in the end the longworth family put more money into the art academy than did mcmicken so that's why eventually mcmicken was dropped from the name because Hmm. the endowment had run out and they wanted a much more positive name associated with the university and the Mm -hmm. department. So, um, but it was Sarah's son who actually did all that legwork to get all those endowments and grants to be able to build and expand the school and all the departments that were taught. Interesting. Yeah. So that was, it's a very long and Jeff's book goes into it far deeper than we will for this podcast but there was a lot of money that changed hands a lot a lot of money that changed hands and now we have the school Uh, is that clover (laughs) and i'm sure there's a lot of great uh ghost stories along the way too yeah duvenek has a famous ghost story from uh that oh is involved with the art museum not with the art academy so Well, it has to do with Lizzie and his wife, and I'm going to do the broad strokes of this, and eventually we'll go into the more meatier bit for a different show on the art museum. But uh, Lizzie was his wife. She came from a very wealthy Boston or East Coast family. They had met uh, for a while when he was out East. They knew each other for years she he moved to berlin or at least germany to teach she found him there and the two of them fell in love and over the course of six years they finally got married just shy of his 40th birthday they had one son together they were married for about two years and then she died (gasps) so um yeah if if, it's just like dang timing it's very sad it was very sad yeah so he had a very intricate um, memorial sculpted for her and a cast of it is at the museum, uh, the art museum. And it's in his display area in the Cincinnati area. It's uh, Lizzie sleeping. Mm-hmm. And the original is marble in, in Florence, Italy, I believe. So what's spooky is that people who are in the Duvenek area of the museum, if it's quiet and they're around this memorial for her, they will hear a woman's voice softly saying, Frank. Frank. Aww. So uh, that is a ghost that it has been reported at the Cincinnati Museum Art Museum. I saw that sculpture. Yeah, it's still there. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's one of many different ghosts. There are 13 different ghosts that lurk around the museum, but that's for a different podcast episode. 
Well, and and I, I suppose the two are intertwined since it was attached to the art museum for so long. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that 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 was it's very common for art museums to have art schools or LTAs around them because you could do master copies and and that sort of thing. And so I'm sure you know people saw ghosts and the story about his wife and I can't remember. I think she got ill. I think didn't yeah, she? She, get, she uh, died of pneumonia. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting because, you know, in light of our discussion before this, I remember when I was taking my oil painting, the figure, um, and some of the pictures you saw, life drawing classes used to not be permitted in schools uh, mm. because of local mm. law. I mean, obviously, they didn't want you drawing naked people. Oh, um, no. Not I naked know. people. And and finally. Not like we don't see ourselves do every day in the mirror. <laughs> well, you know, in light of that, Michelangelo's David in Florida where... Yeah, parents could... were afraid of their kids seeing it. I mean, you know, <gasps> I will oh say, oh my gosh, your penis! <gasps> in, in, in defense of the school, it was only two parents that complained, uh-huh. but it made enough of a brouhaha for that principal to be forced out of her role. Well, that's but the why, city of Florence uh, has invited her to come look at the actual statue of David. So, yeah. Well, if that's what it takes to get a free invitation, I guess so. Seriously, yeah. But we're we're getting off track. Yeah, we're so getting way off track. But the, but I mean, yeah, there there a lot of these art schools and and that's you know, like I'm sure there was a lot during the spiritualism period and stuff, you know, a lot of students probably were interested in that and that kind of yeah. segues into our hauntings. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, cuz when the school was founded was when spiritualism was running high. Mm-hmm. And seances were probably a daily occurrence there. So, Christina, you've actually gathered some ghost stories from friends I do. and students. And if you, I know we have a lot of Art Academy alumni that listen to this show. So, if you have a personal ghost story, we have a bunch of other college ones. So, we might do a college ghost episode in the future because we got so many. It seems like many people have. I would think that there would be a lot of uh, energy around schools, a lot of transient people. Wow. I did write a book about that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Kat wrote a book about it. And but so, it was about but, IU, not about But But, but one. one thing you found writing these books, perhaps, is that everything's ubiquitous. Like, all schools have lore. And... Oh, yeah. And a lot of them have the exact same lore. But that is, again... A topic for a different episode. Yes, I know. This is this is this feels like it's a starter of a lot of things. So we do have a recording that we're going to play. This is Laura. She has taught ceramics at the Art Art Academy, and we've worked with her before on May the Fourth. And this is her experience. She was nice enough to record what happened to her. So I've never really believed in um, ghosts and supernatural things. And I usually have a pretty good reason for what the noises are that I hear. And I don't see things out of the corner of my eye very often. But I now teach at the Art Academy of Cincinnati. Um, In the basement, I have um, the ceramics class. And my classroom, um, we just started teaching this room a year and a half ago. And I have a back office area that Every single time I walk past it, out of the corner of my eye, I see this little girl over and over and over. (laughs) And and then I turn around and look and nobody's in there. And I thought maybe I was crazy, but over and over and over I see this. So I just ignore it and I think, oh, that's funny. That's that shelf or that's that, 
you know, weird thing that I'm seeing. It's no big deal. So then one day I'm walking out of my classroom area and up there's a giant staircase that goes through the middle of the building. And of course there's like a breeze that comes straight down there. Nothing supernatural, just really cold air, you know, and it was winter and I was standing there with this crazy cold breeze coming through the thing and somebody who works for the school was coming downstairs towards me and he said, see, it's always cold here. And I was like, right, is it supernatural? Is it haunted or is it just really cold? Or I said, is it, is it haunted or is it uh, a like breezeway through the building? And he looked at me and he said, oh, it's haunted. Don't you know it's haunted? And I said, are you serious? And he's like, the whole basement is haunted. And I said, okay, cool. Thanks. And after I left the basement that day, I went home and I told everybody about it. And I was like, there is a girl in the thing and it's haunted. And like, fine, I'll go ahead and embrace that. And I've never seen her again. I think she just wanted me to acknowledge her. She just wanted me to see her, tell people that she was there, and then move on with her journey. So that's my ghost story about the basement of the Art Academy of Cincinnati. Thanks. That was good. That was great. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. Yeah. And she she told it so well. Yes. It's kind of sad that the little girl went away, though. Oh, I'm sure the little girl's still there. Sorry, Laura. Um. Um, and that's where I regret not being able to find more information about these buildings other than they were factories. I don't know what they made. I don't know when they were built because when I tried to find them in the historical records, there were no records that were kept in where I looked, which was the auditor's office. So, um, and also looking for any information using the old newspaper searches, I mostly just found help wanted ads for the brewery that was there. So I didn't find much, which just doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means they're not digitized yet. And unfortunately, I did not have time to go to the actual archive. So I can't tell you who was in those buildings other than they made something. And that is very spooky to have a little girl in the basement. But I'm glad she didn't do anything or scare Laura. But I do wonder how many mm-hmm. other students saw her. And then how mm-hmm. many other students are like me who just see the dead and went, huh, what's this six-year-old doing making pottery? <laughs> but it is or just watching the o'clock pottery. at night. <laughs> there are students studios down there too so i'm sure there's many stories of late nights working there and seeing things and if anyone has any please let us know because we'd be really curious Mm -hmm. to know if you you've seen anything i mean i think it adds to the richness i mean not only factories but people live there i mean that whole area is very has been very populated and it's just on the street from when we were at arnold's too i mean all of those areas Mm -hmm. yeah have tales to tell oh yeah and so I can guarantee you the stuff that they probably experience, excuse me, cold spots, things moving on their own, things breaking unexpectedly. And um, maybe if they are not expecting it, voices, mm-hmm. unidentified voices. But uh, yeah, if you have I, stories I like will... Christina asked, send them in. 
say the one time we went, Christina, with Urban Sketchers, and I was walking around taking pictures. It was kind of uh -huh. eerie, just with the suit. Nobody was there that day, really. Yes. So mm -hmm. we got to kind of walk around and see all the empty studios, even though there was stuff there. And yeah, yeah I, I've been up cool. in some of the students' studios for um, when I would be asked to guest teach the comic group, the mm -hmm, comic mm -hmm. class. So I would, that class is always really late at night, 6 p.m., you know, super mm -hmm. late. And always around November when we come in to do the, the guest lecturing. Mm -hmm. And so I will go in and I always felt really weird in there. I'm just like, this has, this place has more of a story to tell than what all this new facade is letting on. Of course. And yes. I, when going through there, um, I it's I have a strong suspicion it was a textile factory at least where these particular rooms were because I got the same kind of feeling I do when I visit Rhode Island and some of the old textile mills there it, it was um not necessarily young kids working but a lot of feminine energy working mm -hmm. and uh just in all these old in these rooms it, it was like this was a larger room at one time this is only divided recently and there was a lot of machinery there, but I was just also trying to hold a conversation with people without looking like I was completely nuts <laughs> or stoned. Or well, if there's any place you could be and you wouldn't have to worry about that, it would be there because it's all artists and art students. And they get it. Yeah, we all they do. They do. And, and and a lot of them would be super excited to know. I mean, whereas some institutions might be afraid to admit they have ghosts. I think many students there would be really excited about it. I'm actually surprised they haven't had a ghost-themed exhibition yet. They should. We should yeah. suggest it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Art Academy friends that are listening, I think this ghost exhibition is something we should do. Let's bring the um, seances back. Exactly. Ooh. And speaking of seances and stuff, um, that segues into one of my students said, and I have this in the notes, that there are notorious Ouija board parties in the freshman dorm. And she says she was not a part of them, but if you were a part of one, tell us if you have any juicy stories of things that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems like a, that seems like something really, like when I was a freshman in college, no Ouija boards, just partying, but mm. it would have been cool if there had been Ouija boards. I mean, I guess that's the difference between art school and going to like a regular university, perhaps. Would that be a There's sorority other house thing? It's, we well, know if somebody's interested in the dark arts. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, th I think there there is that, but in the when you're in the, a freshman in the dorms of any university, you're usually not in the sorority house yet, partially perhaps. But, oh, okay. um, you know, and, and I'm not saying one, there's people so. that aren't interested in that, but I think I think you know a lot of times art uh, students tend to be a little bit more open to a lot of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That is Agreed. true. You know, and, and especially, you know, some of the people of fame that have come from Art Academy, like Love Katia Hearn and um, Duvenek and, so the, you know, some of the people mm -hmm. that have come from there. Yeah. For the backbone of the beginning. And I think uh, when we did our art club episode. Yeah. We, um, you know, they talked about 
stuff they'd seen in the art, art and many of those people that are in the art club went to art academy yeah so the you're right there's that episode too ties heavily together so the of cardio hearn the art club episode this club definitely this episode, making a playlist that's all and, i'm saying yeah in our future <laughs> taft um history museum art museum all yeah. these are linked together it's basically the same group of people just exactly going, hey everyone let's do a seance over at Lafcario's house. Yes, and and actually looking at some of the other in the libraries too, like the uh, uh, Mercado Library, and what's the other library that uh, L Lloyd Library has some very interesting collections. Yeah, um, a lot of people do research there, and I believe do they still have a residency of some sort? They used to. Um, I don't like where you could mm -hmm. study, or you know, a lot of libraries have that sort of thing. I don't know. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, places around town that you could tie into this topic. Oh, yeah. Mm. So on to Melissa. This is from Melissa. I swear I heard footsteps walking along with me up the stairs in the Eden Park campus of the old Art Academy of Cincinnati location. I was alone, but could have been just the acoustics. Ooh. Mm. Footsteps are always I comfy. doubt she was alone. Sorry, I doubt so yeah. either. That was a. It, I, I'm sad that you did. Either of you ever see the old Art Academy building before it was assimilated? No, assimilated like it was the pork. <laughs> um, sorry. I just. I'm thinking of the art museum just kind of coming apart, coming over, and then just like well, grabbing I, I, the, in. The new section is awfully square. I'm just yeah, saying. It is. But... <laughs> Sorry, it is. Oh my goodness, Star Trek humor. Um, no, I did not. Um, we did not live in Cincinnati at the time, so this was all learning experience while researching it. And man, I I've, feel like I missed out on a lot. It <laughs> so, was yeah, fun I've only known it there. as it is now. Huh? Yeah. I enjoyed Sorry. taking classes there. I think it was like the early 2000s. I took a couple of painting classes there and really enjoyed it. And I was I was sad when they moved, but I see why they did it because it yeah. wasn't very big at all. I mean, even now the school yeah. I think has just a little over two hundred students, oh, oh, and wow. I think that I don't know how big they want to get to get, but just for perspective, I went to DAP, which is University of Cincinnati, and there were probably more than two hundred students in the design department alone. Oh wow! I mean, mm. I think our my whole section of industrial design was 45 students so if you oh, imagine right. if you extrapolate that out to all the different design majors and yeah. and mm -hmm. architecture and all that stuff i mean that's that we we're talking about a couple thousand people just in that college alone wow. and yeah. so i was in a much bigger university i think all both of you were well you were in a smaller school jen um probably isn't uh brockport yeah. suny brockport was smaller RIT was pretty big um, okay okay i wasn't sure it was either there they're known for their engineering and their uh their photography but they also have a very good different art programs like i told you i looked into getting a graduate program there at um for glass because they didn't have that when oh, i neat. was there but mm. it's 60 last time i checked it was sixty thousand dollars a year and it was like Oof. a three two three year program i don't know i can't be i can't afford that no, that's, <laughs> but that's they also good. have a very good art community around that school 
Mm-hmm. But so people that were there in the, the school at that time, you know, tell us your stories. I know there's a couple that are listeners of the show. Um, so let's, if you, if you ever saw anything weird, I never saw anything weird or out of note when I was there, but it seems like I never see anything weird or out of note. So I don't know <laughs> that it, it uh, you know, that maybe I count. I, I, because I, I have not really seen anything strange in any of those places, but but maybe I have seen stuff that's strange and I'm just, I just didn't notice it. That, that could be, um, you know, you're, I don't always notice ghosts when they walk into rooms either. I think mm-hmm. they're just a normal person until like something goes, something Hey, up. maybe you want to go look at that. Maybe, maybe you want to go look at that. And I'm like, Oh, that's a dead person walking through. They don't have <laughs> Or they're just legs. That's happened before too. Really? At really? IU. So that's another fun story for our future campus episode. Oh, that's exciting. And yeah, so talk about big universities. Thanks. Indiana University, big, 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 one of the big ten. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many people were in my majors at the time. And, so, and we had Yeah, and we had so many <laughs> people tell us we had so many people tell us stories that we are going to tell more of them as we go. We had stories from a bunch of different art schools from CCAD, uh, Savannah College yeah. of Art and Design. Many people told us uh their uh, experiences they had so we will be using those in a future episode yeah uh, but this is from judith who also went to the art academy and i'm assuming um it was it was at the old campus uh, i think was it the mid 90s when it switched over i believe it was 2005 2005 that would explain oh, it because yeah. i took i took um i took classes in the early 2000s so it was right before the changeover okay um but this is from judith uh and i will read it and this is uh, this is interesting and I, i'd like to hear your all feedback about this story because it's kind of a little bit different but maybe it's because the space was conducive to this but it says the art academy had a yoga teacher come to the lounge at lunchtime i had never practiced before she had us lie down and walked us through visual mental instructions while our eyes were closed then we did different poses exercises for maybe 45 minutes to end the class. She had us lie down flat and again, walked us through mental vision pictures, walking through the woods, sound of water, smells of fresh air, etc. Then relaxing us, my quote soul close quote left my body from the top of my head. I was actually looking down to on the room of everyone before what I call my soul left my body to float away. I freaked out as I thought I would never get back in. I stopped the imagery after I talked with the instructor and was apparently white as a ghost. She was more impressed that I was able to achieve this experience. She said people work for years to achieve this out of body experience and never do. It scared the crap out of me. (laughs) I never went back to her classes. I thought maybe this is what catatonic people did and couldn't get their souls back. I was not on drugs, not smoking anything. It was very real and I'll never forget it. I can visualize leaving my body, but my feet were still in my head. Not solid state, but really believe it was my soul. Judith, my dear, you astral projected. That is what an astral projection is. And if you got more practice, you can actually go visit different locations and come back to your body. It's, uh, I'm not surprised because those are meditative parts of the yoga practice. And, uh, that, that's actually, I think originally what yoga was meant to do was as a, form of meditation and uh the spiritual practice of it so 
nice and yes it's quite alarming when it happens you're from what i heard it's just like suddenly you're looking at the room from a completely different vantage point you could see your own body you think you've died uh some people have had out of body um experiences when they have been in emergency rooms and watched themselves it's not exactly the same thing because this is through a meditative way so you're going to always come back safely when you pop out during an out-of-body experience during an emergency uh, we hope that whoever is working on your body fixes you so you can come back so it's a more of a temporary thing but um yeah that's really cool you know it's interesting so if you do this sort of meditation are you better off with somebody that's experienced with this i mean yeah. are there dangers i mean she was extremely concerned not being able to get back in is that a possibility i mean we don't want to scare judith but but should you be in the hands of somebody that knows what they're doing more yeah so you're you're working more in eastern philosophy when you're mm -hmm. talking about this sort of thing so um hinduism and parts of buddhism and some taoism believe in being able to just kind of have your spirit leave and astral project into other things and more of um i've talked with yoga instructors and yogis who and i am going to i just forgot kundalini mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. is the term um it is the term yeah and that practice of yoga goes more into the spiritual side of it which like i said yoga is not a health fitness thing it is a form of meditation for an entire group of people and it has only become this way in the past what 40 years mm -hmm. uh, more of a entertain not entertainment but well, i guess entertainment is for some people exercising and ways to sell pants but um <laughs> Sorry, it's I'm just thinking of the sportswear part of Target and it's all yoga pants. Anyway, um, they're very comfy. <laughs> they are. Are they going to help you astral project to get meditative? Maybe if they're special. I guess if they're really comfy and kind of silky. Although, too. have you ever taken a, a yoga class? Because when they have you do the positions, you could be showing off all your bits if you're not wearing the correct clothes. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to be staring at other Sorry. people's bits. You're well, supposed no, it, to be meditating. I'm not staring at anybody's bits. It happened to me because <laughs> I took a class and my clothes were loose fitting and my shirt ended up around my neck when I was in the downward dog position. Well, that's why I never went back because I was very embarrassed. <laughs> for, so, so instead of astrally projecting, is there a word, your clothing projected or something? Projected. It's like, what the shit? I'm not doing it. Clothing. Uh, yeah. There's oh, no to the oh, you're so red, Jen. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So much editing. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is off the top of my head, but the Kundalini practice of yoga meditation is the more spiritual side. And uh, they, the practitioners, can help you through astral projection and meditation meditation mm -hmm. is very nice it helps you relax um i do like to meditate i've done it with zen buddhists before but um not i have done yoga but i haven't done it with a yogi <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's that can happen i would suggest doing with people who know the practice 
you don't necessarily have to have taken anything or sniffed anything or no drugs need to be ingested in any way for it to happen. You just need to relax to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know about necessarily things you could run into that would make it dangerous on the spiritual side. That would be something for an actual yogi or Buddhist monk to be able to express. Um, so, oh, are you thinking hey, about your cat. shirt again, Jed? No, my cat just fell. <laughs> sticking herself in a bag. She's being bad. Hold on. I, I just, I'm talking about spiritual advisors and Jen just lost it. And I was so confused. <laughs> Everybody's a little slap happy today. Apparently. <laughs> I swear. We've had, some right wild an- We've had some wild She's- animal episodes. I could hear her getting in it because it was crinkling and then it yeah. fell over Aww. off of a box oh. and she just went meow. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, cat. So sad. Well, on that note, we probably should, should and, and this is a call out, like we could do another episode on Art Academy just on if people have experiences, particularly in the old building, um, we might even, if somebody wants to come on and talk about it, we yeah. could. Old uh, and we, new, because that yes. new building is not actually new. No, no, it's just retrofitted. Yeah, as, as one of the articles I read, it was the old building versus the older, older building. <laughs> it's like neither one of these are new buildings. So yes, if if you have a story, please email us to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com or share it to our Facebook group, Hometown mm-hmm. Haunts. Or even record something like Laura did. That was awesome. Yeah, that's excellent. And then we're not yeah. tripping over yeah. anyone's names or acronyms <laughs> or t-shirts in yoga positions. So. <laughs> anyway, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Yes, you can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. Please join our Facebook group, Hometown Haunts. Don't forget to like and review the podcast if, if you've gotten this far. Congratulations. You truly are a trooper who doesn't mind us giggling. Random back sound effects of small children and pets interrupting this episode. So, yay, gold star for you. And... Uh, I'm Kat Cloco for Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. Good night and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.